Hey guys. In times like these, being a citizen is a big job. Thank you for joining us to celebrate the virtues of self-rule and debate the state of our republic. Welcome to Citizen's Prerogative Podcast. This is the voice of your nerdy host, Michael Piscatelli, and we are all graced with the presence of our co-host, whose passion for the republic precedes him wherever he goes. My dear friend, the lovely Raymond Wong Jr. I prefer nerd-elect. Thank you. <laughs> uh, try not to lean in too much. This is episode five, season one. What is up with the fourth estate? We have a few topics on the docket. We just really actually, the few topics on the docket uh, is going to be all about the fourth estate, including a little bit of its history, the current state of it. And uh, where, where from here, where now, where, what should, what could be next? What are we thinking about here? So I have a feeling just the current state is going to eat up a lot of time because again, we're in the foundation mode here. We're trying to get our perspectives out there. So you know where we're coming from, but let's jump into it. So the fourth estate is the media is the freedom of the press from the First Amendment. It's like, what is it? Freedom of speech, freedom of press. They're like right next to each other. That's out to you, Ray. I mean, if you're looking for me to confirm, I don't have it up in front of me, but it sounds about right. Um, <laughs> but the history, I mean, think about the press. The press was the mechanism uh, to really make sure that our leaders were held accountable. So what's really important is that you have your branches of government, right? But in a pseudo branch of government, we created the press as a mechanism to hold the government to account. So they could ask the tough questions without being at the risk of the government able to shut them down. There was no expectation that they would actually be in cahoots, which seems to be the bigger issue now, or that special interests outside of the people are actually pulling the strings for both organizations. I think that's really the challenges here. So the idea of free press, again, was that you could make your voice known, that you could publish your ideas, frankly, that Michael and I can broadcast here without the worry of the government coming in and saying it was inappropriate. That's true. Um, the Federalist Papers, I think of. Um, you know, they, they embedded it in the Constitution because they wanted to be able to write things like that and be able to publish them. You're right. Without the, the Federalist Papers probably would have been an act of tyranny, you know, had we not had that idea of open debate and discussion. Now, what happens, though, is with open free debate discussion, you have a risk of the information going astray. So that is why the press is such an important component. And that's why they require accountability. So when we do talk about accountability, it will be in the context of our, our ruling class, our, our, our government, but it'll also be in regards to the press who has a constitutional responsibility, even though not spelled out. Again, we're going to debate it here on Citizens Prerogative because it is our job to define what their job is because it's apparent they don't know. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know what our position is on this by now, you haven't been listening, go back. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I think uh, the King of England was not a fan of uh, bad publicity 
And so the press was not something we had. Um, it was sub, um, subversive, probably, like you said. You used a term earlier. Um, but I can imagine that stuff gets shut down pretty quickly if it goes after the wrong people. And we didn't want a government uh, like that at all. Um, and then was it later on muckraking came about as like the precursor to investigative journalism where um, I think of Animal Farm, Upton Sinclair and, and things of that nature where they were going and, and using freedom of the press to try and expose terrible practices in big industries mm-hmm. um, and, and not for the sake of going after rich people, but because it's, it was gross. Like it, you know, it wasn't like if these were honorable people doing honorable things in honorable ways for the benefit of every, for common good, then there wouldn't have been anything to it. (laughs) Um, So, and we don't, that's again, not part of our nature. It goes back to evolution. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to succeed in cheating and lying and stealing is one of them, unfortunately. I mean, and so that's a, cheating and lying and, and the great compromise, right? So, you know, we, we're always going to talk about the room where it happened. That's going to be a big topic for us. And one of the problems is that the media does get a hold of very important information. And sometimes they choose to publish. And sometimes they choose to go into a dark room and make a deal and say, hey, we know that you have this on us and you've all so i mean no who knows i cannot speak to it because i'm not in the room where it happens but what if you do not think that's going on you're sorely mistaken people ask why didn't that make it into the news it's because someone with power or someone with uh, a card in the game or something to wheel or deal had the leverage and the press has become subject to the system that we, we we're constantly complaining they are they are subject to this pay to play uh, elitist uh, and, and, and you know and segregationist type system where they try to keep the players out who will not subscribe to the game, which is to manipulate the American people. Yeah, and the way you describe that just paints in my mind again the fact that it's another swamp. Um, it harkens back to a comment I made on a prior episode about the military industrial complex and it being like an international, you know, partnership of private and public entities and the media and everything's the same. It's become the same. Like all of these things that have, have allowed to become these swamps of money and despair. Mm. I don't know if, for-profit has any business, you know. For-profit is a dangerous situation. It's all dangerous, but we, it's, you know, Citizens Prerogative is going to dig up these types of things. And we're going to talk about, like we were talking, the history, the current state, where from here, you know, there is so much that we have to cover. But I think in this episode, we're really trying to focus in on (laughs) the fourth estate. Yeah, all about it. And and money, you know, you'll hear us talk a lot about profit and money and all that stuff. And we are not anti-capitalists. So we'll make that clear. And we're going to talk more about all that later as well. Um, but there's there are ways to do it that are, you know, a little bit more in alignment with a moral perspective, you know, an ethical decision-making model or an unethical decision-making model that's been warped because of a singular metric. And that's a choice. That's a conscientious choice humans make. Right. And it's not one they have to. Nobody has to do bad things for the sake of profit. Right. Excuse me. Sorry. Anyway, (laughs) 
I think I did some of these things where Ray and I just won't not talk about because they're worth repeating, even though we hate re- hearing things repeated. <laughs> it's worth repeating. It's not been repeated enough. Some things. Some, <sighs> some things. So um, history, I mean, beyond the fact that the king didn't like it, we put it in our constitution and it serves a purpose, it's valuable, and it doesn't have to be a for-profit entity. And if it is a for-profit entity, it can still be for the common good. It doesn't have to give in to all the pressures around it. But there's a reason why that happens. I mean, and we'll talk about that, why. You know, we're not, we, we sound judgmental sometimes, and we can because we're human and we're allowed to experience that, and that's our truth. But at the same time, also recognize that it is it is the way it is because of forces, because it's a part of a system. It's a cause and effect, and we created it. It all comes back to that. So um, don't let us lose sight of that. We'll try not to let you lose sight of that. Um, speaking of like history-wise, and 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 the money aspect of the fourth estate, the fourth estate being, I I have to go back and relook at the definition. It it comes from the fact that it's in the constitution and it's like a bulwark outside of the three structures we have, right? The uh, judiciary, the executive branch and the legislative branch, they call this Mm -hmm. the fourth estate as, as something as almost equal to those in, in the importance of what it delivers. Right. It's a check. It's a check. It's a check and a balance to these others. Right. And um, none of them have that, none of those three branches, just like that, the checks and balances, right? The, I think that the forefathers must have really creatively thought that we have to just unhinge the press so they can do whatever they want just to try to keep the government in check. You know, it, it, it's the mouthpiece of our free speech. Mm-hmm. It's our bullhorn. supposed horn. to be. Until mass consolidation, ladies and gentlemen, that's the big problem. Is like most of your news companies, they're all owned by the same people, you know, Viacom and those major corporations that own all of these news entities and these small town news entities. And it's it was never supposed to be that way. Unfortunately, I don't think they had the foresight of monopolies, right? I don't think they I don't think they had any idea that that would become an issue because, um, frankly it was so hard for regionals to get along as it was in the colonial period. I mean, regionally, you know, a hundred miles away and you had completely different views. So I think they never fathomed um, that it would get like this. Um, What is it? Centralization. I don't think they ever realized this could happen. Yeah. And I mean, we'll check the timeline on this, but essentially remember when the Republic was formed, we were not a capitalist nation. And we certainly weren't a Christian nation. <laughs> um, we, we, we hadn't, none of that had come to pass yet. Uh, we, were, we, we were founded under religious freedom and there was no economic model other than the ones that the colonies and the communities among the colonies sustained among themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So remember, <laughs> remember the beginning of all of this is a very different place, a very different America. Mm-hmm. um than where we are today so i think that i i think that frames it pretty well um do we need to go back to anything else for history can we get get into current state yeah let's i think we need to get to current state but from i don't think there's anything really to add in the historical context except for context except for you know you have to put yourself 
in a, in a different state of mind to try to understand. We will never know what the framers thought when they put this whole thing together, right? But, but if you genuinely read the Constitution, it's simple language for a reason. They wanted us to sort it out, interpret it, define it over time. So for better or for worse, they probably didn't define the press purposefully. There were probably people in that room who wanted to put certain definitions and certain controls. And, and I think that maybe just the easiest thing to do at the time was say, look, why don't we just say freedom of the press and leave it there? And that's what people agreed to, right? That's what the 13 colonies and the landowners could agree to at the time. But it's just interesting. But you really have to, again, remember that their truth was completely different than ours. So if you were trying to understand what they meant today, you're not, you, you, you're removing, you're missing the first point of being a philosophical thinker, which is to think outside of yourself, right? To think outside of your current environment and what you're, what you've been dealt and really thinking at that higher level. But that's all I'll say from historical speaking, history gives you a great context to try to, um, generate that creative thought right to live in the history not take the history and apply it to today but live in the history for a moment feel the history try to understand what they may have been feeling thank you ray before we move on to our next topic here's a word from our sponsor citizenduga.com even though you've heard it before it's still true the war is never over and every battle counts I know you are tirelessly demonstrating good citizenry on the daily through your actions, words, and when you donate your time and your money to causes that count. And we thank you. I want you to know that we also need your help to stay on mission and grow this community. One of the best ways you can help is by subscribing to Citizens Prerogative Podcast and signing up for our newsletter at citizendogood.com. That'll help you to stay up to date on all of our latest activities. While you're there, pick up some merch at our shop, and you can also support us through Patreon. That'll grant you access to an exclusive content and discounts at our shop. Head over to citizendogood.com right now. Before the end of this episode, go do it. Thanks for your support. And whether you're joining today for the first time or you're a longtime listener, none of this is possible without you. And again, we just want to thank you for being part of the ongoing conversation, being part of higher thought, and being part of your republic. You know, before we move on to the current state, I had a, a thought while you're um, talking in the last segment. It, it stirred a thought in me. I don't remember if I sent this to you. You'll have to remind me, but... Uh, the electoral college the electoral college was um like the last piece of of unfinished business it was actually a part of the committee of unfinished business it was rushed <laughs> and they were like we need to wrap up this constitution <laughs> it was a committee <laughs> they just put it in the that's how we got the electoral college because we it never got changed um, they democratized access, like they democratized who was voting in it, all that since then. We'll talk about that later. I've already got notes on it, but, um, you know, how, what democracy used to look like. We'll be talking about democracy soon. But it's funny, the Committee of Unfinished Business, rush job, and we still live with a, it. That sounds like a government level title, I'm telling you. And I remember in my industry, they we used to receive a... Um, M R A 
we receive MRI matters requiring attention. And I have gotten a fight with my executives cause I was, I was fighting with them cause they're like, it doesn't mean that it's, it's yes, it's a matter. I believe it's a matter requiring attention. And then after they finally were told that or, or whatever we, the real wording was, it's been 10 years, but um, once they confirmed, Oh, you were right. I said, well, it's not that I was right. It's just that you had more confidence in our government than I do that they would come up with a creative title. I said, that's not, you weren't wrong. You just had a lot of faith in the government. It's an acronym. Acronyms generally fall in line. (laughs) Well, they just thought it was too simple. They were like, it's too simple. That's not like. But we digress. So current state of the fourth estate, no pun intended. uh, It's, it's a mess and not in a good way. I've been using the word messy to like (laughs) endear democracy on people, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or two people, when, sorry. When but. did the current state come to bear? So I think one thing we will do th- in short history, um, when 9-11 occurred, that is when the network news channels really came to dominance. So there was a period post 9-11 where Americans had turned to these news sources and they became powerhouses and they really locked onto the audience and it became a game of maintaining that audience. Like. Quick point of conjecture. I actually think it was the Gulf War. When CNN was like in the mid or late 80s or late 90s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it kind of coincided with the Gulf War. And it was I, the first 24 hours a day network you are right. cable you channel. Are right. You are right. But I think that it was acute when, so that was the but first. But they, right? they were still more newsy, I guess. Right. You're, that was we're talking about like the major corporate um influence which sorry a historical aside i i forgot did i forget to mention it's old like money and media isn't something new it's just the perversion of media that we think is new right right that's right it's uh it's the perversion of media so i think you're right that the that the gulf war was a big instance but i think that with 9-11 it was a very it was a very specific incident where that structure had been set up was invested in where that idea of 24-hour news actually became the full motivation to keep you locked in as long as you could that it had changed from just having news available 24 hours a day to actually it being their mission to keep you locked in throughout the day um, with sensationalism and then i from what I understand, is it, it the model started Gulf War, 9-11 pushed it to where it is today. I hate to say it, we're talking about Fox News because it was, it was them, whoever, whatever his name is, I don't want to give him credence, but setting that up and picking a particular flavor of news, picking a particular, uh, segmenting a particular population of people, a target, audience a target market for their product maybe that was the first like time a big media company said you know what we're just going to slice and dice it like every other product we're going to change the label you know we're going to change some of the ingredients and we're just going to sell it over here on the same shelf or in the same store you know on the shelf below or on the side of it and see how it goes and so that product started moving but it wasn't but it was divorced it was divorced from news. It was divorced from the idea of the press, right? It was about producing a product. It was born out of ratings. It was born out of market share concern. It wasn't born out of any type of integrity or goal to carry the mission of freedom of press forward. 
And then MSNBC was like, well, if they can do it, we can do it too. Shoot. <laughs> we could go make some money on the other side of the house. Right. Right. It just <laughs> They'll keeps buy it. Growing. It just keeps growing. And so you've got all these um, organizations that are now fighting to keep your attention and they can't do it through just content because content at, at, its, at the plain level is, is boring and palatable content to keep your advertisers happy is boring. Right. So yeah, exactly. We're trying not to do that to you. <laughs> We're trying not to put you to sleep. Oh gosh. But yeah, it got commodified and then uh, assembly lined, um, you know, just how we like to do it. Cheap as possible. Actually, there's very little investment made in that product. Like I don't even think there's any real information in it. It's all filler. Yeah. Well, you know, I like when they're always in those rooms and they they have the newsroom and there's like people behind them like working. They used to do that more. I don't see that nearly yeah. as much, right? No, there's, no, there's they, just empty screens showing them yeah. talking to themselves. But in the old days, they used to stand. But I think that at one point, like I just imagine those old newsrooms and I wonder now there's probably just, it doesn't even exist anymore, right? They're not even doing, they're probably taking calls and feedback from their advertisers. Come on you know, the show, you guys. Yeah. Come on, come tell us what's going on back there. I mean, it's- come it's on. Poor. And some of you are too young. You're, you've been in it. You've only known this one, you know, industrialized version, maybe. Come tell us about some muckraking you've done. That, that's because that's really the point. It's not about revenue. At least that's, I mean, that's not, that shouldn't be the purpose. That no. perverts it. I mean, the that revenue is- should come by doing a good job. You, yes. you, you know, you, you, you do, you actually provide a service and it's not disinformation but you know what it's on us it's on us we were talking about that earlier we give we give credence because we create a market right we bought it it wouldn't if they they wouldn't sell it if it didn't if it didn't get bought right because we don't know any better we have we've said it in other episodes but um we all the american dream has been zombies roaming Okay. The American dream is the corporations that had us under their thumbs and we roamed around this world, driving to our jobs, consuming goods, shaving our armpits, you know, whatever it took to just drive the economy. And there was very little concern about that. And then the news media, those organizations fell into it. They were just part of that system again, and they did nothing to evolve because frankly, if they, they don't have the resources, the money, or the people to do true investigation, true journalism is expensive. And, and those companies that own them have to sh- give shareholder value and they need to generate revenue, right? More year over year. It's crazy. And, and they're paying salaries and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's become product. It's a product management, product marketing environment. It's not the press. Right. I mean, they, they can afford, so it's an interesting thing. If they chose to, they could afford to do it, but then they wouldn't have millions and millions and millions of dollars to play with. Poor babies. So current state is the Associated Press. Um, you know, that's the big challenge, folks, is that every time you see an AP report, it just means they did absolutely no research and they regurgitated information. They're so aggregators. I, yeah, yeah, look at it. You, all they are is a distribution channel. They're basically just bird feeders, okay? You need to, you have to look at it. Read your articles now and look at how many start with the Associated Press or the sources, the Associated Press. You should be concerned. That's what people should be upset about. That's what 
people should be really concerned about is that the Associated Press has so much power. They are a mechanism for what, what are we worried about in America? Not what Americans are worried about. What are the corporations and the government worried about? And what do we need to change the narrative on here, Associated Press? And I know that it's not their fault necessarily. They're not necessarily the guilty culprits, but they are part of a problem. They are enabling the institutions around them to just gobble up their information and they get more power and, and the other groups get more advertising revenue and everybody's in a, in a, in a mutual. So the current state is basically a bunch of handshakes across the board and, it, and it's an embarrassment, right? You can't even see through. There's so many handshakes, you can't see through them to what's going on underneath. Oh, it's so shadowy. There's, there's no, and there's no insider trading laws. And I mean, it, yeah, okay, publicly traded SEC companies, yeah, if they're trading stocks on it. But for this information, for who's going to drop news on who, when, for whatever, and I don't know, who knows how they're price fixing or coordinating. and Because there's no, I, I doubt there's any regulation around any of that. FCC? What? I can't see the FCC being there for the freedom of the press. That's, that's not their purpose. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, so current state. I don't think it, there's no point in belaboring this other than to say that, my gosh, you have choices. Oh, goodness gracious, you know, the market system is working so well for us. We have nothing but niche little choices everywhere you go and no tools to know who is full of sh- what are you supposed to do with that pilot? Well, most people take their piles of manure, they process it, they um, sterilize it in some instances, they grow mushrooms and generate a crop. So I would say we need to take this manure and sterilize it. Think of citizens' prerogative as your sterilization process for manure. We'll get all the gross stuff out, so that's all left is the hallucinogenic properties that you want. I mean, I don't know what else. I, I, you know, like that's that's all I can say is like we. So now institutions have to rise to the challenge to challenge the institutions. I mean, <laughs> that's basically what's happening, right? It's 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 so. I guess freedom of the press is now organizations that want to exercise that. So the Young Turks, right? That's an organization that's trying to do good freedom of the press. However, their motivation is, it's, it's you know, they're, I, to me, I, I feel like we are more focused on reconciliation and, and, and using the system we have. I'm not sure what the Turks exactly are after, you know? Anarchy, I'm uh, not sure, but um, I can't wait till they come on because I'd love to have our style and their style meet in the middle and see how that looks. That that would be a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. We have very different approaches or perspectives to bringing awareness to things. I mean, at the end of the day, I would say that's probably their biggest mission. They have a very obvious perspective, right? And they make it obvious for a reason because right. that's the environment we're in, right? You're picking your niche. You're going after your crew, did. And that's fine, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. The problem is at some point we're assuming people come back together somewhere. <laughs> like we've all run off into our niches. <laughs> Wait, where's the, where's the common space? <laughs> I guess for the current state we're looking for. Okay. I guess. It's, no, we're out of current state. We're out of now, right? Yeah. So what's the future? For, at least for me. At least we're for, sifting for, poop. 
Yeah. At least for, I forgot, I got into the poop sifting. Um, so here's what we hope one day is that go to the Young Turks for your passion. Go to CNN for your doesn't like Republican news, I suppose, right? If that's the future, go there. But in the future state, we really hope that uh, Citizens Prerogative and Citizen Do Good can be a platform where you can go when you're ready to look at the solutions or you're ready to digest the facts, right? We want, sensationalism is going to be there. Freedom of the press means that, you know, and that's it's, it's going to be what it's going to be. But like Mike said, you need to diversify your opinion. And hopefully one day, maybe it's not us, but maybe one day you will have your sensational news and you'll know it's sensationalism, right? And then give us a couple of days or weeks or whatever to digest it, research it, and sterilize that manure. And you can come and we can, we can together, together as a team, dig through it and, and, and take those mushrooms for lack of a better word i just i just theoretically i mean psilocybin we're learning so many new things except yeah those in oregon that's a different topic please where is it full legalization in in the state of oregon or yeah what's the freest state right now this is we should actually have a segment on that the freest state what's the freest state right now how ridiculous but wonderful our system is where where can you be the freest right now oregon right it was Colorado for a half. It was California for a while. Yeah, not anymore. Colorado. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Our, everybody's coming out of the closet. I know. Well, well, you know, you always have the Inland Empire, right? Mm, they have a lot. <laughs> they have a lot of things. All interesting uh, Americans. But yeah, Oregon, you're right. And Oakland. <laughs> Oakland, California, and, o- and Oregon. <laughs> Do they have the basic income? Did they push that forward? No, no. In I'm Oakland? just thinking psilocybin. Okay. And, and like, and here's the thing, folks, why is it illegal? These are things that, that ancient cultures have been using for, for generations and, oh. and for medicinal purpose. And, and, you know, like it, for really, when it comes down to it, we're not saying that everyone needs to go out and get high or anything like that, but you really need to ask yourself as an American, as a citizens is your prerogative. Why the, why do you care what anybody else is doing? You know, is, is that, is that it's really- your choice to, to ignore it, to not use it, to right. whatever it is, right? But then, you know, to, you're taking away someone else's choice that they may want to have under freedom. Mm. I don't know. But I mean, I think I, at some point we'll probably go to the corporate side of that argument. So the future state. The future state is that we hope that one day um, the, the, the free press takes their true role and, and gives the full story. They don't provide their opinion. They don't provide their narrative. Um, and that's what happens, you know, and it's the same thing. We, vic- we villainize things all the time. As an example, the press will constantly say a person was arrested or shot or X, Y, Z, and they found marijuana in the car. Okay, that is propaganda, folks. That is plugged there for no good purpose. That, the marijuana may have nothing to do with what happened, but they drop it there for for your benefit so you can go to sleep at night and feel good that you're safe from drug dealers because you live in a suburb and that's not the case in fact the suburbs have some of the biggest drug problems because your kids are bored yeah we've you know humans have been put in an interesting set of boxes and we can only wonder why we're getting the results we get (laughs) Oh boy. All right. So the media, where to from here? Well, for now we're doing this. Um, and yeah, it would be great if we could get the media back to a place where 
they were actually serving a valuable purpose as the press and helping to keep us informed um, and not spending all this time on conjecture, what might happen, how much of the news is things that haven't happened or aren't happening, um, but just what some people want to talk about. Um, and I get there's something to be, you know, there's a product, there's a personality, an opinion, you put it out there, people buy it, it's junk food, great, freedom of choice. Um, but do they know it's junk food? Do people really know? And if you make the label ugly, stupid, small, and accurate, is that helping anybody? Like, there's there's going to be there's got to be a better approach too. If we're gonna in, we're gonna democratize the availability of all this stuff, which means we're increasing the amount of sludge in our diet. At equal on the equal side of it, how are we helping us on a democratized way? sift through the sludge if that's if that's what we want to be in the food because that's what we're eating but if maybe we didn't eat the sludge if it's a market if it's a market and it's working like it should and it's a market then in that market our dollars our attention time whatever whatever the commodity is um you know that we could vote there right and that would change what's coming out of that system, but that's not the case. That's not happening. We're not equipped to do that. We're not. Oh, and again, we will talk about this a lot in citizen, uh, citizen's prerogative, but um, we are uh, distracted. Okay. We're all trying to pay our bills. We're trying to make sure we don't get injured, sick. We make sure we don't get in a car accident. As we commute to work, we sit in traffic for two hours a day of our lives. Why are we doing all of this? Um, because the system wants you distracted. The system wants you to be not have enough time to ask the deeper questions so that when you hear the news come on the radio and say, there's violence in the cities, democracy's at risk, you believe it. And you don't have time to say, are they crazy? Because outside of my window right now, democracy's fine. But outside of your window, there is nothing. You're in your office, you're in your car, looking at the person next to you, miserable, listening to the same horrible news. You know, it just, it is a, it is a, it is a challenge. Um, and some people don't even take news in the morning, right? They like their morning talk shows and such. And again, because the talk shows are just a distraction. It's funny. They, they play gags. They pick, they pick on people, right? Because again, not saying that it's wrong, but you have that valuable time in your vehicle and you choose to just be distracted yet again from the real challenge of the nation, which is, hmm. which is leaning in. That's right. Yeah. Entertainment, junk food. Sorry, junk food's a bad slant on it because I but eat it's, it. It's good, but I'm not. Well, getting, like I'm not getting food, nutrients. Right? I'm not getting knowledge from it. <laughs> Let me be honest here. I would listen to. I listen to various news sources, but this during the election when I wanted to, you know, would live in self disappointment of the Republican Party and I wanted to hear negative stories on the Republican Party. I knew to turn on CNN. That's where I went. You know, when I wanted to hear terrible things about the Republican Party and that group, I turned on CNN. And when I wanted to hear very insulting things about Republican Party, I turned on the Young Turks, right? So it, it, it just it just depends on where I'm positioned. And, and the Turks, they are they go after the Democrats too, which is good. The Democrats are not good enough. So you get a little more balance with that, with that intensity. Um, but I think that what's important is that I'm trying to be self-aware of it. And that's all we're asking you to 
it, here at Citizens Prerogative, it is not our prerogative to get you to only listen to us, to only listen to one. To Our prerogative is to say, be a conscious thinker. As you consume, there's no nutritional facts, unfortunately. We figured it out with food, but we can't figure it out with content. <laughs> there, there's nutritional facts that you need to self be self-aware of, and we're asking you to be there. And we're saying, if you're not sure who to trust, Maybe you come join us and we, as we start to build a coalition of trust, of fact, and of deep thought. Yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, developed perspectives we can all share on, on the current state that's, you know, framed in a way that's constructive. Um, so we'll have some common language around it. But I think Citizen Dugan and Citizen Prerogative is also going to try and help train, I mean, for ourselves and for our community offer ways and insights into how best um, to sift your own sludge. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, we got them. We, we want to democratize the information. We want to be able to let all the information in. It ha we have to take it in and we know there's going to be garbage in it. And what we really, really need is the skills to sift through it. Even if we only want to pick a couple of sources, so be it, pick those couple of sources, but know when, mm -hmm they've been led astray or when they've just kind of done what they want to do versus you getting something that's materially useful or actionable from a knowledge perspective or an informational perspective, right? That's, that's the first, the first stop is our own cell wall. <laughs> we can let the ideas in and then we have to test them. We have to have the tools to assess how much do we agree or disagree with the accuracy of it on its own merit for ourselves. You love your cell wall analogy. It's that semi-permeable semi membrane, right? That semi-permeable membrane that, yeah, we're going to let information in, but there's also components of that cell that deal with it and reject it if needed or kill it if needed or, or other white cells come in to back it up and help kill whatever's attacking. You know, it is a, it is and think of us as the white cells. That's what I'd like to think. Think of us as the white cells. We're just there to invest. Training your immune system. Yeah, and, and help you help you get your immune system get stronger. It, it, to me, it's it is a it is an interesting dynamic situation that we're going to uh, go into here. Um, but what I can stress is that our mission is never going to change. It's that our mission is of you for you, um, and and that is if you don't feel like we're moving for you, you know, then that's something we hold, expect you to hold account to. And that'll be different than um, other news organizations who they are accountable to their shareholders. They are accountable to their um, wealthy families that own them <laughs> in control. Um, they're, they're accountable to their special interests and in some ways their own sustainability. So um, that's kind of one of the things that Mike and I have jumped into this, uh, still maintaining our day job because we are conscious that we do not want the need for sustaining ourselves, getting food or putting food on the table for our families. We don't want to put the risk of the mission. So we're probably doing the riskiest thing by trying to do this in tandem, tandem with our careers, frankly. That's my thought. So <laughs> it's been my thought. Oh, I totally agree. It's been part of our apprehension the whole time too. And, and, you know, and, and we don't want this to get muddied by financial pressures. This is not a for-profit endeavor. It's not intended to be a for-profit endeavor. Um, it is going to be, you know, a, a private company for a lot of reasons we can always go into. But w the point of us operating this thing is to take those resources and try and redeploy them in a way that makes sense, that's, that's supportive of cultivating a healthy republic and a healthy public 
right, healthy public discourse for the sake of our republic. Um, and, and that's really it. That's, that's it at the end of the day. And we don't want anything to get in the way of that. So, I mean, the Patreon thing is really helpful because we still, we do have bills to pay just operating this thing. And someday we do want to do this full time. I mean, that is, that is our goal. So we are going to need revenue, but again, the, the profit. So, you know, Ray and I hopefully will become an expense <laughs> to the business. Um, and, but all the proceeds, like everything that we can get that goes above and beyond paying to just get this stuff out there goes back into what the events, the projects, the other things that we'll be pulling people on say, okay, now we've accumulated these resources. This is how capitalism is supposed to work. By the way, <laughs> we accumulate some capital and we figure out where to redeploy it, where it's needed to do the best, the good that that's where stakeholder capitalism wants to go. We'll get there. We'll talk about that. Um, I don't know if business roundtable is going to move anything anywhere anytime soon, but at least they've got a good thing going um, with that stakeholder capitalism idea. Ah, anyway, we were talking about the fourth estate. Is that where we are? <laughs> what episode? We're still on topic. I, I still think it's Jermaine. I think we okay, got good. With it. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, I mean, as far as current state, I know we get a little, we're a little bit all over the map on how much we love or hate and what you can do. It comes down to some of the last episode. We got to figure out what all the facts are. We got to figure out what people's biases and positions are. Um, and it's okay. You know, just as long as we understand where, where these things are coming from and, and how to place them and, and give them our own health label. Sorry. I guess we can only speak to our own space, right? So what we're asking you is we're going to be the brave, the ones that are willing to, because I know that not all of you, you have families to, you know, take care of. You have, you have a business of your own to run. You are trying to do your own job and your own work. You're going to school maybe. So what we want to become is that reliable resource that you say, I trust. I'm going to support you through Patreon. I'm going to give you a few dollars so you can be a source that continues to grow and I can trust and you know when you come to us, you are getting the full story. You are getting the digested story. You are getting the refined manure. So in a sense, um, you are helping us as a private company get to that space with a mission that is invested in you. And before you think poor for-profit company is an issue, I need to remind everyone that the NFL where people are making tons of money and has ethical issues is a nonprofit corporation. So being a nonprofit does not make you a good company. We are willing to take the test to do the experiment to show you can be a good company and be private. And private is safe, again, because when you get shareholders involved, everything goes to hell. I mean, you got to have a very mechanized thing, you know. Um, I don't, I, some of these companies are so big. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us, right? I think so. Wonderful. This is, this has been great. I, I love it. Um, be, before we wrap up, do you want to do a, a quick bonus? This would be a carryover from the last episode. Okay. But um, we'll, we'll close out on a little storytelling here. So, um, we, we were talking about learning, the difference between learning and education, things like that. So, um, you know, in the spirit of all of good things and learning, what subjects or skills have you loved learning about the most? Like limit it to like maybe number one, two or three or and or three. Oh, man. It's um, 
I think it's funny. I've already said it. It's history, right? So history is probably one of the tops for me because I've always believed that you cannot understand where we're going without knowing where we've been. So history is right at the top, but I won't belabor that point because all of you should know that I love history already. <clears throat> I think the next topic that I couldn't get into that I love would be, I suppose, political science. And it was strange for me when the, when the career advisor came to school in elementary school, they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh my God. I said, and I stood up and I said, political advisor, I want to be in political science. And the, 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 the consultant, like they had the best idea for everyone. But when I said mine, they were blank and they said, there is no way to get what you need. And, and they didn't even have an idea, right? What about some communications classes or something, you know? And like, so basically they said, well, I guess when you go to college, they have those types of classes. <laughs> so, I, so here I am in elementary school and my dreams <laughs> have been crushed. So um, that's on the You were in the wrong grade, Ray. They couldn't handle that. <laughs> I, I, was in, I don't know where I was, like fourth? I don't remember, but it really blew them away. You should have seen the look on their face. Um, they couldn't so, believe you're already worried about freedom. Yeah, I was like, what's, this, this is very important stuff going on. Um, and then uh, let's see if I had to say a third. Um, it has been, uh, I didn't expect it, but archaeology and archaeology on um, all levels and even further, like maybe even the architecture within that. Um, so I think it kind of encompasses all of it, which is nice about that. But just going to older buildings, older sites, older structures and, and, and even just trying to be in the moment and, and understand and feel and, and see what they were seeing and, and envision yourself as a native. You know, if you, if I climb um, a monument or I mean, I climb the uh, Tuzikut uh, is a, uh, is a, an abandoned, uh, I believe it's a um, native American structure and you can go travel through it. And when I went through it, I didn't just go through it and say, Hmm, I feel like I'm there, like I'm in it, I'm immersed and I'm trying to understand what they might've been doing in this room or what they would have been thinking as they looked over this vast landscape. Like I literally try to live in it. So out of all that stuff I've said, so what, <laughs> so what is my top life lesson right now? Um, remove, remove yourself from the situation. Like stop making yourself the center of everything. If you try to look, Put yourself to the side and then look at the situation and say, how is it relative to me? And rather, and rather than coming from it saying, this is me and, and, I, and, I, and I'm unbendable and I'm, I'm coming at this from how I would live in a, oh, I could, so I hear it all the time. Oh my God, I could never live like these people. Oh my God. And so that's what I'm talking about. Like remove your own selfishness and your own luxury and say, if, imagine how I would have been to be back then. What amazing time, what, how would I have survived? What would I have dealt with? What kind of challenges? And I think if you get better a practice of not walking into a room and talking about how it affects you only and your psyche and your standards and your, frankly, um, um, misinterpretation of what's important in life, that, that's the most important life lesson. Like remove your ego from the conversation or thought. All right, that's that, I think that's it. That's my bonus. I love it. And I'm going to go with that. I'm not even going to touch it. I'm, I'm not going to go. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll, I'll save it for the next episode. <laughs> I love it. All right. So um, I think that's going to wrap up the fourth estate. Is there anything else you want to say in closing? Just that like, 
I, because I'm in estate planning and I do banking, it's been really tough for me. This topic has been extremely difficult because I, I keep wanting to go into estates and trusts and wills. And, and so that's just the banker in me. But yes, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Lovely. For more information on this and other episodes, head over to citizendogood.com and click on Citizens Prerogative. While you're there, register to log in and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from the community. We have been your hosts. Thank you to Mr. Raymond Wong Jr. And thank you, Mr. Piscatelli. It's truly been a forum of thought. (laughs) It's been something, that's for sure. Ah, And thank you to you, our listeners. We save the best for last. You are the best and you have been for years. Thank you for your support. We know it's painful and we love you. Intro music sample by OK Class, Ozzy Jock under Creative Commons license through freemusicarchive.org. Other music provided royalty-free through Fizzling Studios, Inc.